You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I hang out with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope that you have had a great weekend. I had a wonderful weekend. There was finally some sunshine and a bit of warmth here in Montreal, so I spent the days outside taking that in. It was wonderful. I hope that all of you had the chance to do that as well. Today is another spotlight on Everlasting Spew Records episode. I'm super stoked about these episodes. Everlasting Spew Records have some of the sickest, most brutal, most technical, extreme bands out there right now. You should absolutely go check them out. This week I'm very proud to present Metamorphosis from Wounds, taken from their album Light Eater, which was released last year. Here it is. Turn it up to 11. Your ecstasy 
fucking shit. That was fucking brutal. If you guys do not know Wounds, if you have not heard of them before, in the description of this podcast, I have dropped all of their pertinent links. You should absolutely go check out Wounds and also go check out Everlasting Spew Records because, as I mentioned, they have some of the most brutal and extreme bands out there right now. On today's episode, I am with Randy Bly from Lamb of God. Here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 134. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Randy Bly from Lamb of God. It is very good to see you. Um, I want to touch on that we've known each other for many, many years. But I want to give a huge shout-out to Shane Ivey, Jessica, Will, and Mike the Kid from Bloodshot Eye, from way back in the day. Lamington, Lamington, Ontario, represent ketchup, ketchup town. (laughs) Heinz ketchup, that's right. (laughs) Because if it wasn't for them, I would have never had the chance to meet you, or I would have probably met you in passing, but but not to the intimacy that we did get to hang out back in early 2000s together. Yeah, for sure, man. Good times, you know cruising up to lake house and all that good shit man yes to my the three mile scream guitarist ben ayotte's tiny car i can't remember how many of us were in there but i do remember i was in the trunk yeah how are you coping with uh, this madness that is covid19 how are you with social isolation uh you know uh i'm good with it because i went to prison <laughs> like <laughs> this ain't shit bro you know <laughs> Honestly, this is this is a vacation. I mean, like this is not to make light of of um, of anyone that has been affected by this. And I know people everywhere are like economically suffering. You know, um, people are losing their jobs. Businesses are going bankrupt. Um, people aren't getting paid. You know, who who depend on their jobs. Obviously, this has affected us, but. You know, uh, it's affected everyone across a a broader spectrum. And uh, for me, like, though the the emotional component of it being isolated for, let's see, today is, you know, a little under a month for me, um, it is not that bad because, you know, as I said, you know, anybody who doesn't know the story, if you're into heavy metal, I'm sure you do. I went to prison in the Czech Republic and I was locked up in a cell for 37 days. And I didn't have a MacBook Pro and, <laughs> and my interface. And I couldn't talk to my friend in Canada. I couldn't talk to anyone. I didn't, you know, nobody spoke English in there, you know. So um, it's, uh, you know, it, it is not not fun because like I haven't seen any of my friends. I realized the other day I haven't touched any of my friends or, or any, you know, humans uh, in over a month now, you know, and that's very strange to me um, because I mean, even in prison, I could give high fives, <laughs> you know, like when we got to go out to population, I got to see the dudes that, it, you know, I, I got to know in there and got along with. It could be like, what's up, dude? Piss bump, something. Now, nothing. So, um, 
that is strange to me. And I'm uh, a I'm demonstrative physically around my friends of my affection for them. Like if I saw you, I'd give you a big hug, you know, whether you liked it or not, that's, <laughs> you know, I'd give you a big hug, but, and, and, and that's the way I am. Um, but it, it's strange not to, to touch anyone. And I also enjoy solitude. Um, you know, I do, uh, I'm a writer, uh, I like working on my photos. I, you know, I didn't write m- lyrics for my band's albums in a group setting. <laughs> like, I, like I don't do that. Like I don't write them. Like even when I co-write with my guitar player, Mark, most of the time, unless we're just trying to figure out a line real quick in the studio, most of the time I'll write something and he'll look at it and be like, I like this. And, and he'll send back, you know, or he'll write something and I'll take it and, you know, uh, I'll work on it and then send it back to him. We'll go back and forth till we come to a happy medium. Even when we co-write though, normally I'm away from everyone. When I write, I like to be alone. Uh, and like I, if I listen to music, it's gotta be instrumental music because we're singers. If I, if I hear, uh, if I hear music and they're singing or, or screaming or whatever speaking, then I'm like, what are they saying? Cause instinctively <laughs> that's our, that's our gig, you know? We want, we want to hear what they're doing, but yeah, you know, as, as a artist, it's, it's something I'm kind of used to in a way, you know, I wrote a book. I I do that alone. You don't team write a book most of the time. And and I'm one of those people. I wish I could go out and and be one of these guys who wrote in, in public, like in a cafe, like Alex Skolnick from Testament. He lives in New York, right? And he wrote a book and he wrote majority of it on airplanes and and all that other stuff, you know, in cafes in New York. And and I, I'm always like, man, I can't, I know, I can't do that. You know, I wish I could because I, I have to be in my hermit hole. So I, I'm, I'm used to it. Um, but it, it is strange not to hug my friends, you know, or, or even just see them other than like this. I love what you're doing on Instagram now. I don't know if you're doing on other platforms as well, but your virtual hugs. Oh yeah. Today I just did just, uh, no, I only do Instagram cause I'm a photographer. Um, started off yesterday with Willie, you know, and today it was, uh, Tiffany, Billy, you know, Exodus, death angel and Testament were over there and they came back. Fucking Gary Holt had coronavirus. DiGiorgio had coronavirus. Chuck had coronavirus. Will Carroll had coronavirus. It almost fucking killed him, you know? Uh, our sh- a shared tech of ours, uh, Carlos, who was checking, he texts for Testament, texts for us sometimes. He was stuck in Amsterdam. They wouldn't let him leave because his, his symptoms were so bad. He had the coronavirus. And, uh, Tiff tours with Testament. She's like their TM, you know, uh, Chuck's wife. So she got it. So I, I, I was like, you're going to be the first female, you know, I'm going to send you a virtual hug because she's a badass. She beat it. You know, she's just a super sweetheart. I don't know if you've ever run into her at festivals or anything. On 70,000 tons, I believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's, she's great, man. And such a good woman. It's hard to hide on seventy thousand, so you you bump it to everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did the mega, we did the Megadeth cruise, and like, you know, everyone was everywhere. So I'm, I will say, I'm glad I'm not on a cruise ship right fucking now, man. <laughs> Imagine, yeah, just quarantined or, and- or 
or in prison. You yeah. Know? Christ. Yeah. But it's hard. Like even just a simple cold on a tour on a tour bus, everyone's going to catch <sighs> it. So, so with, with COVID, I can just, I see and know why it happened, you know? Oh yeah, dude. And like, you know, not to denigrate any of the other, the real musicians who actually play a music uh, instrument or something. But if you had that shit and you were a singer, you'd be fucked. You mm-hmm. know, there's no way, there's no way. So, um, it's a tough time, you know? I hope it goes away soon, but, uh, I, I'm not quite sure how long this is going to go on for. I have a, if you were, if you knew, bro, you'd have so much money. Nostradamus. <laughs> you know what I mean? You'd be like, we'd be like, he knows the singer of crypt, the singer of cryptopsy. Know? Vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and yeah, craft beer. Now, yes, sir. you are a very vocal recovering alcoholic Yeah, that, uh, you know, doesn't touch alcohol anymore. Not for nine years. I, I, I used to. I drank, I drank some beers with you, that's for sure. Yes, yeah. yes we did. It was fun. <laughs> Coronitas in the morning. But uh, Yeah, you got it. <laughs> you guys just released a, a very cool collab with uh, BrewDog, which is one of my favorite UK-based craft breweries. Yeah. And it's called Ghost Walker. And I tried desperately to get my hands on some up here in Montreal. I hit up the importation uh, people that were going to bring it into Montreal. But sadly, because of COVID-19, everything, it didn't work out. So let's talk about how this all happened. I didn't know that, man, because when we released it, you know, um, I looked at the... uh you got, go ahead and pour yours. Yes, I'm sorry. Are you, are you not using a pint glass? No, I got a glass, of course. Yeah. Well, pour it on, man. Let's cheers. You know, this is the uh, this is my first virtual cheers. You know, so uh, salute. Cheers. Ding ding. Yes. So you're drinking Ghost Walker mm-hmm. from Brewdog. On my side, I try to find one or find another non-alcoholic right. Brewdog beer. I've been right. trying to push uh, local products here on the podcast because, as you were mentioning, everyone's suffering. But right. I ended up grabbing a McKellar Henry and his science ah. from McKellar. So cheers. Thank you so much for hooking up with me. Salute. Salute. You know. So, yeah, no, we released it and I got, uh, you know, it was interesting because about it's really kind of funny because, as you said, I don't do alcohol anymore you know um it just wasn't working out for me i have nothing against people who drink you know um i did it for 22 years um but i did it way to excess (laughs) you know so um if i have nothing at all against people who drink responsibility drink responsible the i i just ha, i can't do it for myself i i learned that the hard way but i i still do love the taste of craft beer of good beer you know i worked in a a craft beer bar in richmond for years off and on called the commercial tap house yes uh and that's where i really learned a lot about beer we had uh you know something like in, uh, I think we had like 22 taps and both the owners uh, were real knowledgeable beer geek guys, you know? So I got actually into the taste uh, of beer, you know, um, not just the, 
wonderful side effects it, it produced in me. I, I actually love beer. Some people don't. I, I do. Like if they made a non-alcoholic whiskey, I wouldn't drink it. You know what I mean? Some people like the taste of whiskey. I think it's fucking disgusting. Even when I drank. That doesn't mean I didn't drink it when I drank because <laughs> I like to get <laughs> fucked up, you know? But, uh, but I don't enjoy the taste of whiskey. I was never a wine guy. None of that shit. Beer. But I did learn to, and I did some home brewing as well, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I have nothing against regular uh, consumption of alcohol, responsible consumption of alcohol. It's... it's um, you know, it's, it's in some cases, I think it even or people every now and then tying one on and getting drunk every now and then, because I think it reminds normal people that they shouldn't do that all the time. You know, they wake up like, oh, God, you know, where's uh, my wallet? Yeah. 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 For me, I'm not going to do that again. You know, and they don't. But with me, that's not the way it works out. <laughs> I wake up and go. Oh God, Ugh, I need another one. So, so anyway, um, but yeah, so like I, I got a lot of messages. I saw a lot of comments on the uh, Lamb of God Instagram, which I rarely read their comments because someone's always going to complain about something, you know. Um, and I, I just I talk about my band all the time anyway. I don't need to to read every comment on it. It's it's crazy enough being in the band. Uh, but I, I saw a lot of comments like, is this going to come to Canada? And I, I didn't know, you know, uh, I'm assuming that BrewDog is regularly distributed up there at times, you know. It depends in which region. I know for Quebec that the import Vitriol, which is actually the people that brought this sucker in, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to bring it in because every time they bring in any metal beer, they shoot me a message asking if I want a case. So oh, sick. So, uh, yeah. I was interested and obviously it didn't work out because of COVID's happening. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully it will, that will get sorted out soon, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, uh, I guess, do you want to just talk about how it happened? The collaboration? Yeah. I watched it. You did like a little YouTube video, which was yeah. very interesting, Yeah, which I'll put in the description for everyone too. Cause it was a very informative. You went, how, how involved were you in this creation of the beer? Oh, Completely, 100%. In the, in the actual beer itself, the artwork, I was very involved. I picked the hops. Uh, I, t- I tested a bunch of malts and, and uh, talked about bases. And, uh, you know, it, it's like I know a little bit about beer. You know, it's been a long time since I've had a real one, but I still remember. Um, so uh, what happened, the way it happened was is, uh, I'm Brewdog is a Scottish brewery. That's right. You know, um, and it started with just two guys in their their uh, their garage actually making trying to make really good beer. So um, I in, in the non-alcoholic beer situation here in America, uh, uh, I'm not sure what it's about really like in Canada, but it's pretty abysmal. It's starting to get get better, but it is pretty abysmal. Um, so I'm used to getting like Beck's N.A. or St. Pauli Girl N.A. Those are about the, the, as far as going to the grocery store and getting, hey, I want some non-alcoholic beer. So you don't have to drink O'Doul's or Sharp's, which is just, ugh, you know, like I, I might as well not, I don't do it. I'm not going to tip back in O'Doul's, you know, I'm just not, because I like the taste of good beer. So um, 
I was in the Highlands of Scotland. We were, Lamb of God was on tour uh, a little over a year ago, I guess. And um, I was in the Highlands of Scotland on a day off. Uh, I have some friends who live in, uh, in Glasgow, uh, very dear friends of mine. Um, and if we have a day off in Scotland, my friend Gordon will always will cruise up to the Highlands, you know? Because uh, it's, you know, it takes all day, but it's so worth it. I, have you ever seen the Highlands? I have not, sadly. Every time I tour uh, Scotland, and I, my father was born in Scotland, I've never had the chance to actually hang out or see. It's always like an inn. You play Glasgow, you go up to... Uh, Edinburgh. Exactly. Then that's it. Dude. Right. Dude. Try. <laughs> I know it's not up to you. I know you're not the booking <laughs> agent, but like, bro, push for a day off there and go to the highlands it's magic man it's so magic the the landscape is is uh, it's just so imposing and beautiful and it's really hard to explain you know so whenever we have a day off you know um uh, i'll call my board boy gordon and we'll go up to the highlands and you know even just for three hours just to walk around and i, I like to shoot photos it's unbelievable so um, on this time, me and my friend Gordon and his dad, uh, John, went to the Highlands and walked around, uh, mostly around the Glencoe area, which is sort of at the bottom of the Highlands. We didn't have time to go too far up, but there's a, um, we were doing some hill walking, uh, just really nice hill walking that day. And there's an, a pub there called the Klagach, I think that's how you pronounce it. Gaelic Klagach Inn, right? Which is in Glencoe. You should, uh, everybody who's watching this, look up pictures of Glencoe, G L E N space C O E, Glencoe, Scotland. Uh, it's been in a bunch of movies like Harry Potter oh, or cool. uh, like James Bond movies because it's just beautiful. So there's this wonderful pub like set right in the edge of this, this Glen beautiful views huge windows and you know everything is dark wood it's super awesome it's the way the pub should be out in the middle of nowhere in the highlands so we went in there and to get lunch because i know they also have really good lunch um and uh like pub food you know so we went in there and i i jokingly asked because we're in the highlands i'm like do you have any non-alcoholic beer and they're like oh yeah sure we'll bring you out one nanny state and i was like never heard of it cool so they brought it out to me in a pint glass, you know, and I took a sip and I was, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I like, I called the waiter and I'm like, bro, I said non-alcoholic. Is this non-alcoholic? You know? And he's like, yeah, mate, I'll bring you the bottle. And he brought me a bottle. And sure enough, it was this beer nanny state by Brewdog. And I was like, oh my God, holy fuck, dude. Because it tasted like real beer, the closest thing I've had to real beer, you know, since I quit drinking. It was like, it was like if you had an old friend, you know, that was <laughs> a lot of fun to hang out with, but when you hung out with them, they got you in a lot of trouble, right? It was as if that old friend was still fun to hang out with, but like had, had stopped being a clown. You know? <laughs> so I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This is so good, right? So uh, 
we went back uh, down to Glasgow. We had uh, a show in Glasgow the next day, and I had my buddy Gordon who took me up there. I'm, I'm like, dude, can you buy this shit at the grocery store? He's like, yeah, man, it's it's a brew dog, Scotch brew. I'm like, and I gave him some money. I'm like, go buy as many six packs of this as you can, <laughs> seriously. And so he did, you know. And then when we were, because the brew dog has pubs all over Europe. Yeah. Whenever I would be anywhere near there i could see a beer store or whatever i'm like i'm gonna go see if they have some of this shit so i bought like three cases of this non-alcoholic beer nanny state and was just hoarding it right (laughs) (laughs) and like oh and so sad because i have to go back to america and i'm gonna never gonna have this good beer again until i go back to you know the uk uh we got to sweden an interesting thing in sweden uh, is you, I, I'm, we were there for a day off and I can't remember what city it was, but I went, there was a grocery store really near our hotel and I went in there and they had it, but they had like 30 different types of non-alcoholic beer. Oh, so cool. I bought, look, yes, they're way ahead there as far as this. So I was like, Ooh, there's an IPA, you know, there's a, there's a pale, there's, you know, a stout. So I, I bought several different six packs just to try. I, I put, cause I had like, I don't know, I think 12 beers left and I, I put it in our wardrobe case, which was going to get shipped back to America. And I was like, all right, man, you know, I'm going to have at least 12 of these things the next tour. So the next tour we toured the States, I could not wait to get to the wardrobe case. Pull those beers out. Yes, they made it to America, even though you aren't supposed to do that. Like, technically import alcohol from a different, even though it's non-alcoholic. Uh, and I put them on ice, and I was like, "Yeah." And that, and that's when I started hitting up on my Instagram. I started hitting up Brew Dog on comments and shit, and I'm just like, "Look, when are you guys going to bring this beer to America? What the fuck? I need this. You know, it's so good." Um, just constantly hammering them, sending them messages, no replies. I had one, one nanny state left, right? <laughs> just holding it. I just had one left and I saved it because we had to, we went to go play a festival in Mexico, right? And so we were on tour. I think, were we on tour with Slayer? I can't remember. I think we were on tour with Slayer, right? And, uh, and this festival hit us up in Mexico and, and, and said, Hey, we want you to play this festival on this date. And we're like, well, that's nice. But we're, they said, we see you have a day off. And we were playing in like Georgia and then like way on the ass end of Texas, right? The next day. So the day off was a travel day, you know? So we wrote back to them and we're like, look, um, that we appreciate it, but the day off is a travel day. We're on tour, you know, and they're like, hit us back. And they're like, yeah, but we're going to pay you this much and, and offered us a good amount of money to come. And we're like, <laughs> we hit them back. We're like, that's still really nice, but I don't think you're getting it. We're on tour, you know, <laughs> like we have to travel, you know, and then they hit us back and they're like, we'll pay for a private jet. And we're Whoa. like, yes. So we're like, Okay, cool. Because we don't have private jet money. You know what I mean? This is Lamb of God, not Led Zeppelin, bro. So we're like, fuck yeah, we're going to ride on a private jet to Mexico. So I saved that one beer for the private jet ride. (laughs) You have to. (laughs) I I, made sure it was cold. We got up in the air. 
if you look on my Instagram, there's a, in, in the uh, IGTV, I made a movie of, uh, about us going to Mexico. It's, it's funny because our art drummer is Mexican-American. It's kind of a, our drummer art is Mexican-American. So we're up in the air, right? And I took a picture of, of this last lone brew dog beer. And, and when I got back down the ground, I sent, I found their brew dog USA. I figured out that they had opened up, um, they had opened up brewery here, you know, and a few brew pubs in Ohio. So I got on the ground, I sent brew dog USA a message and it was a picture of this beer in the private jet me. And I'm like, look, my name is Randy. I sing for a heavy metal band. I have been saving this beer. I'm in a private fucking jet. I, this, this, this is my this is my last attempt to contact you people to get your attention. I need to know when this beer is going to come here. And then the, the, the BrewDog USA people hit me back like within minutes because I'd always been trying to contact the, the UK thing. I didn't. And I guess the, the American people are like, oh, we know. And they're like, holy shit, we know who you are, you know, because uh, th- there's fans that work at the brewery. So I'm like, oh, they're like, we're, we're working on it. And I'm like, killer. So later on that tour, we had a day off in Columbus, Ohio, where the brewery is. And I was talking to my contact, this girl who used to work there, Cassandra, lovely, lovely girl. Um, she works for PBR now, but she's still really good friends with the, the BrewDog people. And I'm like, me and my guitar player, Willie, who doesn't drink either, you know? Uh, and Mark doesn't drink anymore, but he's, Mark likes Miller Lite. <laughs> he's not he's not that into it we forgive we forgive you mark yeah we i've dude i used to get so mad at them like in europe and they would like some of the guys would like they'd ship cases of miller light over in the road case and we're in germany i'm like god you savages we're in germany that's some of the best beer in the world why are you drinking that piss water, man? You know, just offended. I was offended. Even even after I quit drinking, I was fucking offended. Like, this is not beer, man. So anyway, I, I contacted them, um, uh, the, the brew dog people, and I'm like, we have a day off. It's We're, it, we're going to go to one of the brew pubs. And they're like, this girl Cass is like, fantastic. We'll, we'll meet you. So me and Willie rented some of those lime scooters, you know, yep. <laughs> and we just zipped around Columbus and took him to the, the brew dog brewery and met some of the staff there. And, uh, it was cool. Cause it was the first time me and Willie had been able to have a pint together, a fresh pint, uh, in nine years, you know, cause he hasn't had a drink in like seven, I think, or something now. And I hadn't had one in, in nine. So it was the first time it was a beautiful day we sat outside we had a pint of good fucking beer together you know uh the the brew dog people came and who who worked there um and uh, the president of brew dog america i think i think she's the or the chief officer or whatever happened to be in town she's originally british but she came by and we were just talking and uh, this girl Cass is like why don't we do a collaboration uh, of a uh, you know non-alcoholic beer and you guys and i'm like fuck yeah man absolutely absolutely you know um and management started talking to them um and me and willie were uh both supposed to go to brew dog to, to design the beer together because you know willie likes good beer too um or did before he, he quit drinking 
And regrettably, there uh, Willie had a a death in his family, so he couldn't attend. So I had to go by myself. Um, but I, the Brewdog, flew me to Columbus, and uh, and I met with the the staff. Stayed in their hotel. Uh, they have an on-site hotel, which is just like a, a beer nerd hotel. Oh, where people come just to stay at the brewery, stayed there, um, discussed what I was looking for in a beer, um, discussed, uh, you know, the kind of way we would present this. And, and it's really kind of, um, it's kind of wacky because like lots of bands have beers, Mm -hmm. beer collaborations, you know, um, and we haven't heard to my knowledge, we haven't heard of any band doing a non-alcoholic beer now that that's to my knowledge so i think we're the world's first and um so i went there and did a hop uh, like you have you ever done have you ever seen real hops yeah yeah how, course, they, yes. how they do it it's it's all smell and all that man it was crazy dude you know they had like something like 22 different hops out for me to try and you, you do this and take notes and you know and i i like tested all these hops and, and thought found what I thought would be a nice blend. Um, do you remember, do you remember which hops went into it? Yes, I do. Um, I can tell you, can tell you exactly which hops went into it. Um, Brewdog is, uh, actually pretty, pretty open. Uh, actually it's, which I think is kind of cool about their, their sort of recipe. You know, in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah, yeah, a lot of breweries will keep their cards yeah. close to their chest and, and want to want to hide it from the world to keep their secrets. Exactly, you know, and these guys were pretty open. Like, they have a book about their, all their beers, where it lists, like, the, the, the ingredients. So, it's put under the style of an IPA. Um, I I suppose it is, you know. Uh, it's, I would, it's not... The super bitter IPA. I do love a hop, hoppy beer, but it, it, we wanted to make it, I guess, drinkable enough for people who aren't really into bitter beers. You know what I mean? Um, so, the the malts we use are uh, Munich malts, oats, wheat, extra dark crystal. The hops, which I picked, were Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Citra. Cool. Yeah, some classics right there. Yeah, some classics, and I can't remember which one was a little bit newer one. And I learned about the whole, like, almost there's, like, proprietary distribution of certain hops. You know, I didn't know that back in the day. I thought it was really fucking interesting to learn all this. Um, And, you know, physically tasted some samples of the malts, you know, like the the roasted stuff. It was just, like, really cool and discussed sort of what, what sort of baseline we were looking for. And... Left and went on tour, did some more stuff, and then we played a one-off show on uh, Valentine's Day in Chicago, and they had sent like a whole test batch, oh, cool. and I tasted. It. I was like, yes, yes. So you know, it was a, a great Valentine's Day for me. And then we were going to because we're supposed to be in Europe right now on tour with. Uh, creator and power trip and we were going to launch it uh at the beginning of the tour so that uh a where people in in in, you know in their home could distributors could get it to them or whatever um and b so that it would be at our shows so that anybody say you know who 
didn't drink alcohol uh, or wanted to cut back or was perhaps the designated driver that night could still have a beer. You know, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole, uh, a whole diverse scope of reasons that someone may possibly, or maybe they're hung over that day, you know, may want to have a non-alcoholic beer that night at our show. So it's for us, it was really about providing an option, you know? Um, and then regrettably, everybody's tours are you supposed to be on tour right now no no where we luckily are in a writing process okay good deal uh but everybody's tour got canceled um and the beer had already gone into production you know so it's like and as you know a lot of things are delayed your importer can't get the beer in canada right now you know so we decided, we discussed with brew dog and we're like, well, A, you don't want all that beer to just sit there and go bad, you know? <laughs> and B, we're like, well, it's supposed to come out when we're on tour. We're not on tour. Let's wait. I, I can't remember how they decided on the date, but we waited and, and released it so that people could directly order it from brew dog. Um, and hopefully distributors, at least in the States are, are uh, talking to them. I think they, they, I, I talked to my friend Emma who works at BrewDog and she said distributors are very interested in, and the, the day the beer dropped, you know, within the first three hours, we had sold 6,000 six packs. Wow. Yeah. I've, it was all over my feed when you guys announced it there. Yeah. So it did really well and it was really interesting. It was also because, as I said, I don't really look at our comments that much uh, because I think music is subjective. You know, like if it's, it's, I say it all the time, all the time on the podcast. Rule number one, when you're an artist, never read the comments. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, never, ever reply. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't ever reply. But, <laughs> and I don't I don't read the comments of my band stuff. And on my Instagram, there's really nothing about my band because, well, we have people who already do that for the band. <laughs> but I decided to take, cause we, we knew this was going to happen when we did a non-alcoholic beer. We knew it was going to confuse some people and it was actually hilarious. Like the half of the people uh, who were just like, they were like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you. And a lot of people have reached out to me saying, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that makes it, 100% worth it for me, you know, uh, that, and I get free beer, um, <laughs> which is never bad. Always a good thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, dudes and metal bands and free beer. Come on, bro. You know? Um, but so many people have been like, thank you, you know? And that's just like, that's awesome to me. Um, the, you know, or, or they're just stoked in general, about half of the other ones on the Lamb of God Instagram was like, fuck you. Like, like they were mad. And some of them, dude, it was funny. Me and Mark were just like laughing hysterically about some of these comments. And it's like someone wrote my favorite one, I think was thanks a lot, Randy. What else are you going to ruin for us? Oh my God. And I'm like, like, you don't have I'm to drink like, the beer. Like you, <laughs> by the way, there's, Thousands of regular beers out there for you to choose from. Thousands. Thousands, man. 
so you we release and not we go we go outside the box a little bit and people some people are just so mad which gives me so much joy <laughs> if they're if they're that mad about it that means that you know um a it's going to be talked about so that's good you know uh, and, and b it's like you deserve to be mad if you're that dumb <laughs> that you can't, that you don't want people to have options. You deserve to be pissed off, you know. It was funny, man. It's so funny. And like, I mean, you know, it's mostly just loud people on the internet anyway. Um the the reality is is that it sold really well and people were freaking stoked, you know. So, yeah. Well, the name know. the name is awesome. The can is awesome. Yeah, Mark Morton Mark Morton had a lot to do with the can, you know, neither he nor I are, are visual artists in, in the drawing sense, but, uh, he handles like our merch, you know, oh, cool. he kind of is the one that deals with the, the sort of unifying aesthetic of our, of our line, you know, and he, he did a lot of back and forth with the designer and people brew dog and, you know, I, I think it looks really cool. That's another comment I saw a lot of, you know, it looks really cool. The other thing is like it also this also provides me an opportunity to do the secret like um, let someone have the beer thinking that it's a regular beer and watch (laughs) them drink it and like and see how their reaction is going to be. You know what I mean? Because I guarantee you, guarantee you some of the people won't be able to tell the difference, you know. Uh, I think it's very important that uh, you are a very good role model for people that do struggle with alcohol addiction and you've been so vocal about it and open about it and now here you are providing a solution for people it's 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 really big of you it's not it's not a solution for everyone you know some people uh, are I some people are like I can't do that it, it might trigger me or or, exactly, yeah. or whatever you know and fair enough you know, and and I'm not saying everybody should just like if you're an alcoholic, just drink non-alcoholic beer because that doesn't work for some people, you know, but it's an individual choice. So I don't know if we're providing a solution. We're providing an option for some people, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, and even for it, because I, I have Satan inside of me, you know, it's just be funny. <laughs> it's just funny. I just want, I want to, people to run an experiment when, you know, when they're out with their friends and their, their buddy, it gets too fucked up, you know, and, and doesn't want to quit. We all know a guy like that. That was me, by the way, you know, and someone's just like, look, I bought you a beer and then just get not, not show them the can, but give them to a drunk person and just watch them drink it. And, and, and and not know the difference because we did that with we've done that with shitty non-alcoholic beer. I, I remember we did that to Rope from Children of Bodom one time when he was on our bus. He was so fucked up and he was just like, I need another beer. And we're like, all right, Rope. And like Willie gave him like a sharps or something, and he just drank it. Didn't make a difference, you know. Yeah. When you're at that point, sometimes you're you're not even there, and you're exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's time to do some damage control, man. Because you know this person is going to be stubborn as fuck. Like, you know, I want to, I want a beer. Okay, we go, we'll get you a beer. Let's trick them. It's funny. How do you see the future of metal shows coming out after this? Oh God, dude, that's a tough question. 
I, I'm worried about like they're going to start doing probably not at your level, but at club level shows where they're restricting the amount of people coming in. You won't be allowed to mosh. I'm a little confused as to I'm a little confused as to like the it's very interesting. Like when, when this thing started, you know, and we were supposed to go to Europe and we were we held out canceling the tour or postponing it with creator and power trip until we just couldn't do it anymore because governments had shut down. You know, we, we didn't say we're going to come and do it. We, we, we couldn't go there and do it anyway. Cause there's no fucking place to play, you know, but we held out as long as we could because, because, because we don't want to cancel, you know? But when we're looking at the beginning, I was always a little bit confused. Governments were like, no gatherings of more than, at first it was like 500 people, right? And it went down to 100 people. And then it's down to fifth. And then it's 10, you know what I mean? And it's like, I was thinking about the math and it's like, okay, like 500 people, we're going to reduce the size to 100 people. Ultimately, there's really no difference between the two because if someone has it, you know, and, and they're in that environment, they're going to spread it. What difference does it make if there's 100 or 500 people? You know, I think it was just a gradual stepping down so people wouldn't freak the fuck out. You know what I mean? Um, and I had several friends who were in Europe uh, get on tour getting ready to start a tour you know uh guys my friend steve who's in the band torch they were they played like two gigs in greece and then like we're getting ready to meet up with i can't remember who else but then they had to come home uh i don't know if you're familiar with chelsea wolf of course uh, huge fan yeah well her and ben her guitar player and their tour manager were over there and they were in the czech republic getting ready for the tour and the day before the tour started uh the president Trump gave the order that, you know, everybody has to come home by a certain time or else you're stuck. And so they, Ben was telling me, he was texting me from the airport. It's like in Berlin, they had went to Berlin to fly home. He's like, dude, this place is packed with sweaty, panicky Americans. They paid a ridiculous amount of money for three one-way tickets, an economy on the way home from Berlin to America, you know? So they took a, a huge bath. All these bands did, particularly ones that are already over there. We've lost money. You know what I mean? Um, uh, we definitely have lost money and we'll lose more uh, because of this thing. But we at least hadn't already been over there and, you know, didn't have, I, probably, I don't think tour t-shirts had been printed yet, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. uh, or, or they were in the process of being printed. So there's so much, so many pieces of this that I don't know if people who are outside the business, they don't take into account all of this, you know? Um, crew members. Yeah. Oh, my God. Crew members get hit the, the hardest, you know, because a lot of the times when they're not on tour with you, they're on tour with another band. And when they're not on Absolutely. tour with another band, they're working for their local venue, which is now closed. It's, it's working for the local venue, you know? I mean... I don't. I don't guess uh, Fufun Electric is doing shows right now. You know, not, no, not right yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's doing fucking shows. So those people are all out of money. You know, uh, there is shout out to. There's a guy who did merch for a bunch of bands. There's the. I don't know if you know about it. There's a fund called the Nomad Fund. If you look it up, it was started by 
merch guy. He's done a bunch of warp tour stuff, some uh, some hardcore stuff, some metal tours, and he's put together a sort of a, I guess it's a GoFundMe or or whatever to help uh, touring crew members who are out of work. You know, uh, which it's called the Nomad Fund. You can look it up. Um, but there's all these different pieces, you know, that are just like it, that. There's so many different pieces of the machine that are all all out of order, you know, and uh, everybody's trying the best that they can. Uh, we're asked constantly, uh, is the tour with Megadeth still going to happen? You know what I mean? Um, and yes, will it be on schedule? I don't know. Do, do, do I have a crystal ball? No. <laughs> I, uh, being honest right now, I don't see how it will be on schedule. You know, um, I have, I have no clue, uh, because the, the social distancing thing and people being more hygienic and all that stuff that is reducing the numbers. Right. But if that doesn't continue, it'll just come back, you know? So, um, and it's, it's also a real struggle in my head because you know, part of me is like, well, the the healthy people uh, probably, I mean, this is kind of a mortal bet you're taking, you know, uh, I have some friends who, who kind of took that bet. They keep things isolated to themselves. Portions of the healthy population, uh, the healthy population of the, of the, of the healthy portion of the population, it might in a sort of brutal just numbers darwinistic way be best if they did get this and developed antibodies you know and started developing herd immunity you know um but you know there's also the the people who are immunocompromised through no fault of their own there's also elderly people like my grandma's 99 dude you know uh, i'm going to go visit her visit her in her nursing home soon and that by visit her that means i'm going to go outside the nursing home uh place and wave through a closed glass door my dad uh went and visited her last week and he told me that and i was like can i do that and he said yes and dude i burst into tears i, I haven't seen her in two months you know and i go see her much more often than that she's 99 so like it's easy enough if you're looking at things in a cold logical numbers only way like x amount have to 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 get this in order to, to develop the antibodies it's harder when you know I, I have a friend who was basically born with diabetes through no fault of his own he's at he's at risk you know uh my brother's wife uh had breast cancer double mastectomy triple negative breast cancer she beat it right but she's also finishing up her her medical school like it, soon so that means she's going to be put into it because <laughs> she's had chemotherapy and all that stuff her immune system is 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 uh is is compromised you know and i have friends who are firemen emergency service workers law enforcement doctors nurses i, I talk to these people every fucking day and their friends are dying. Some of them are dying. So it's it's kind of hard to just be like, well, it's just a numbers game when you actually know people, you know? So um, 
it's it, it's kind of a catch twenty two, you know. So I think that we're just trying to, I think we're trying trying to bide time until effective antiviral or vaccine can be developed. You know, I think that's uh, I think that's probably the overall overall the probably the best solution who knows if it'll work or not because also the economy is going (laughs) that's right because it takes at least at least 18 months before something tested something that's proven actually goes into effect when it becomes a vaccine yeah so like people you know people who are like that's great we need to stay inside and 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 isolate and all that stuff but i have three children to feed you know i have to pay rent i have to you know it's so fucking like ah, i wish i had an answer you know i if i did i would immediately give it to the world i I wish i had a a good solution for this but i don't for me what i'm trying to do is without being paralyzed by this thing uh and being as smart as possible is like observe the protocols uh wash my hands a lot and and not fucking hang out with a bunch of strangers and shit, you know. Uh, I'm not running around French kissing anyone right now. That's for sure, <laughs> you know. Uh, it's just try and stay healthy. Um, and I'm and and give these people, these scientists, and also the doctors and nurses who are working right now. I'm trying to not be any more of a burden on them than than. Uh, than I have to be because, you know, um, and in fact, I've managed to source some, uh, you know, in nine fives and surgical masks for some, for some people. And that I personally know who are working in a hospital right now where they only gave them one mask expired. And they're like, here you go. That's it indefinitely. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know, I know some people who got me some mask and I'm like giving it to these people. And it's like, you know, you guys need this, you know? Um, so it's super, it's super fucked up uh, as far as like how shows will be in the future. Uh, I don't know if, I don't know if there will be shows until we can have shows normally in general for anyone. Because I don't think, let's be realistic, let's be 100% realistic, I don't think a bunch of metalheads or punk rock kids or hardcore kids, when they all go to a show, if they're like, like there's going to be social distancing, any band starts playing, and that social distancing shit's going to go out the window. It's like, it's time to mosh, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that's... Uh, that's not going to work for us, bro. You know, <laughs> that's just not going to work. So it's not a show that I would like to play. That's for sure. No, dude. Can you imagine how weird it would be? Everyone's standing in their grid in their grid, bro. No, 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 no. That one. I mean, I remember seeing Testament and Slayer in like, fuck maybe 90 i think it was 90 or 91 they were on tour together and they played this this uh, venue in richmond called the mosque and it was all seated 
It's this beautiful little theater and it's all seated. And I was like, this is not going to work, man. And sure enough, I mean, they had security guards going up in the aisles and shit trying to keep it calm. But nah, man, chairs got fucked up, you know? <laughs> that's, just, that's not how you do it, you know? And like, what am I going to say to the audience? Like, everybody... Stand really still, man. <laughs> Don't touch anyone. This next song is Two called meters. Welcome Me in Hell. Two meters, please. It's not going to work for Lamb of God, bro. It's not going to do uh, it, you know? So it's like, holy fuck. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't think, I think it would be a mistake to try and have a, a fucking metal show with like space restrictions. What the fuck, man? That just wouldn't do, you know, it wouldn't do at all, you know? So I think, and also it's going to be, it's, it, and another thing that, you know, fans need to remember is like, this isn't like our decision, you know, and it varies state to state, province to province, municipality to municipality, every, everybody, local governments have different rules. You know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, uh, thinks that like, well, we can just go on tour because this is how we're going to do it. No, man. You know, we have to be granted a license to play a show, you know? And, you know, it's, if if we can't fucking get our, Harmless non-alcoholic beer up into Canada right now. Our band sure as fuck can't go there, you know? <laughs> what the fuck? Absolutely. Um, let's end this on a really positive note. Um, back when we met, you were toting and uh, talking about this band that nobody knew of called Gojira. Yeah. Yes. You you were a huge, you were all about them. You were like, you guys should listen to them. You did so. so what would be your band now that you think is going to be the next Gojira. Not necessarily in that genre, but, you know, like a band that's going to blow that's at the lower level that you know, hypothetically may go where Gojira has gone. Right. Uh, uh, if they do it right, there's a band from Richmond from my hometown uh, that just put out their first full length and they're called Division of Mind. Right. And I see in those guys, if if they do it right and have, uh, they have the potential to grow into something much, much bigger. They, they're sort of come out of the metal and hardcore scene, particularly the hardcore scene, but they're amazing. They're, so they put out a, uh, a self-titled LP, Division of Mine, on a small label. I can't remember which, which label it is. But I've really been listening to them a lot, you know. Uh, Mark put out his his solo record. You like to jump up on stage with lots of other other bands. When is there going to be a Randy Bly solo project? Is that something that you've ever thought of? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if I would call it the Randy Bly solo project. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd probably call it the Big Fat Dummy and Friends or something. <laughs> uh you know, I've been working on lots of different music, man. Actually, I'm working on some different stuff right now. Um, and I have thought about it, but between the photography and Lamb of God and the beer and other side projects I do and writing, I need to write another book and all this other stuff. It's like, ah, you know, so if I do a solo project, it will sit, 
it won't be metal at all. You know, it'll probably be some weird electronic music, cool. some weird stuff like that, you know, uh, because I already have my metal band and, and I work with other metal bands and, you know, I, I like to stay a little bit more well-rounded, you know, are you got you guys are writing right now? We are writing right now. We're using Zoom, this platform right here to, to write together. Well, not together. Ah, it's nice. a, we, yeah, we're writing a full length. It's going to be out probably next year because of everything else. Yeah, who's putting it out? Oh, I can't say just yet. But oh yeah, that's okay. Yeah, but yeah, like we just our record just got delayed. Oh okay, you know it was supposed to be out May eighth, and now it's out June sixteenth, and we just announced that today. Um, because we were hearing from, I think in Europe, a lot of their stuff from, cause we're on nuclear blast in Europe. And I think they had already set it up so that things could go out on time for mail order. But in America, and you know, of course some people are going to bitch about this too, but it's out of our fucking control. People have pre-ordered the record, right? A while ago, but the distribution chain is totally disrupted right now. So, uh, A, no retail stores are open. No mom and pops are open where you can and won't be open on May 8th uh, where people can go buy the record. Uh, our label, uh, Sony Epic, they were, they were not at the phase where everything was set to ship yet. So that has been disrupted. Retailers, the bigger retailers who carry it, uh, aren't taking any new pre-orders for unreleased albums until June. And it's like, well, fuck dude. Like, um, and not to mention the record label is like, we want to wait to put out the record until people can actually buy records because that's what record labels do, you know? So they're like, we want to wait. And we're like, Oh God. So today we had to make, you know, make this announcement. And most people seem very understanding of it. You know, it's it's not like I'm like, we're just going to delay the record and hold on to it. You know, <laughs> they're my Why? songs. Yeah, they're my songs. You can't have them. <laughs> but some people are, 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 are I suppose, uh, I guess, managers said some people were bitching about it. It's just like, ah, you should just release it, you know, digitally for free. And, and, you know, people will buy it later. And I'm like, good luck with that, man. Good luck convincing a record label of that. Sure, they will. Sure, they will. You <laughs> it, know, it, it is the music business, right? Yeah, it's the music business. I'm sorry, man. Like we took an advance to make this record. It's not like the record company is just like, here, have this money. You know, they they make the money back by album sales. So naturally, the the record label is going to try and make as much of that money back as possible. Um. That still doesn't mean we're going to get paid fairly. You know, I don't think there's a, <laughs> a deal in the world, uh, it, you know, but people, people want to complain about everything, but most people seem to be very, very understanding. You know, when we canceled the Europe tours that some people immediately were like, fuck that. And I'm like, what do you want me to do, bro? I can't. What, what do you want me to do? You want me to sneak, sneak into France? You know, like James Bond with my band, and, and like busk a show in everyone's living room. Yeah, what the fuck, man? I got no control over this. We're trying to do the best we can. Yeah. So that's all we can do, man. It's good talking to you, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on Vox and Hops. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good to see you, man. Cheers.
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Super stoked that I had the opportunity to get Randy on the podcast. I have been a huge fan of Lamb of God. Very influential on my vocals back when I started screaming. So a massive, huge shout out to Randy for coming and being a part of Vox and Hops. Can't wait to hang out with you in person and do this all again. Also want to give a huge shout out to BrewDog for creating what is probably the very first non-alcoholic collaborative brew with a metal act. It is very cool. It is an excellent, excellent initiative, and I'm all about it. So uh, everybody out there, go out and get your hands on the Ghostwalker IPA, the non-alcoholic brew by BrewDog. Get it, drink it, enjoy it responsibly because it's non-alcoholic. I hope you guys have a great rest of the week. I have two more episodes coming at you, one on Wednesday and the other will be on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsheads. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.